Welcome everyone. I'm Sue Barber, author, former IT director for a Fortune 500 company, turn executive coach, and this is the Visibility Factor podcast, where we explore how to raise your visibility and play bigger at work and in life. We'll explore key topics and welcome guests that help you shift your thinking about yourself so you can see new possibilities for your leadership. I'm on a mission to create a visibility movement for leaders to show their value and be seen for their true talent. Are you ready to take the next step towards a higher level of visibility for yourself? Let's go. The visibility factor is brought to you in part by the Choose Your Life Challenge. Do you feel like it's too late to do something new? You have a good life and your basic needs are met. You have a place to live, a job that provides enough, and friends and family to share it with. But it's all passing by so quickly, and it feels like you're running out of time to do the things you wanted to do. Join Danielle McCombs and Christy Allinger, co-hosts of the Opposite of Small Talk podcast, in a 30-day interactive experience that helps you to live a more intentional life. Through a combination of live sessions, video coaching, and digital social interaction, you will be guided through a series of ideas to explore your mindset and gain confidence to live the life you want. Sign up today by visiting theoppositeofsmalltalk.com forward slash challenge. Use promo code CHALLENGE4 for a 20% discount. That's theoppositeofsmalltalk.com forward slash challenge and promo code CHALLENGE4. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Visibility Factor podcast. This is Sue Barber, your host. I am thrilled today to have my guest, Polly Rowland, here with you. And we are going to have a great conversation about visibility and your job search, including interviews and networking. And I'm just so excited to share what she is going to talk about with you because she definitely has a different perspective on things than I think you might hear in the normal job conversations that you're having. Welcome to the show, Polly. Hi, Sue. I am so glad to be here and uh, and looking forward to this conversation. Me too. Well, I would love it if you would do a quick introduction of yourself and then we'll get into some conversation. Sure. So I'm Polly Rowland. I am a career coach, but I focus on primarily um, women in some type of transition in their career um, and a, a really big transition in most every career is job search. So I'm really glad to talk to you about that today. A little bit of background on myself. I spent what I like to call the first half of my career at a Fortune 500 company that would be familiar, is very familiar to Sue and a lot of you listening. And then I went on to work for some smaller, more entrepreneurial organizations. And about three years ago, I just did a soul-searching exercise on I was very well compensated. I loved what I was doing. I loved my boss. I loved my team. But I really felt like there were um, some more significant ways that I could contribute. And I understood um, through that process that when I was having a really good day at work, I was interacting one-on-one with individuals and helping them solve their problems. And so a CPG mentor was born and uh, I get some questions on CPG. And so let me define that for you. It is consumer packaged goods, meaning um, the items that go through grocery stores and Amazon that are consumed on a regular basis by, um, by shoppers. And, 
and I chose that because uh, my entire career has been in that industry. And uh, so I have a special expertise. Um, I like to say that I am function agnostic, meaning I know <laughs> enough to be dangerous uh, across any function, but I did spend my career in sales and marketing. So I'm really glad to talk to you today about visibility in your job search. Um, because as Sue knows, and, and as you've been listening to this podcast, you know how important visibility is to your career. Um, and it's even more important when you are in a career challenge like job search. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's the thing that people don't think about, maybe because they're in such a, a challenging place, right, in, in mindset and Maybe some shame is happening for them. People are struggling with, oh my gosh, maybe shock. I can't believe this just happened to me, right? So can you talk about what is like the first thing you start doing with people to help them move past that? So it is, um, you know, when, uh, let's take a scenario that you have been laid off. Perhaps you've been fired for performance. It does happen. Um, And it is in either situation, it is not anything um, to be ashamed of. But that's the first thing that comes to everyone's mind. Mm -hmm. I get a lot of people telling me that they feel wounded, that they feel um, less than, that they're questioning their own skills. And, you know, uh, those aren't thoughts that are easy to overcome initially, but it really is just the awareness that this is a very typical place to be when you no longer have the job that you used to have. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I like to say to people is that, uh, you know, the person that walked into that room with HR and received their separation papers is the same person who walked out. And so they were awesome before they walked in. They were contributing to the company. They were doing all the things. They were having a great career. And that person can walk out of that room and still have a great career and still do all the awesome things. The only thing that is lost in that room is the uh, opportunity to earn a paycheck from that company. But your ability to earn was not taken away. Your network was not taken away. Your skill set was not taken away. And when we, you know, uh, but with that, it is still just such a, uh, a blow to, to our psyche. And even it's kind of surprising, even when people uh, ask for, perhaps they ask for a severance package or... They decided. They decided a long time ago that this was not the company that they wanted. Um, they still go through this process of really having thoughts about what what does this mean about me now. And uh, mm-hmm. so we want we want to recognize it. We want to allow it um, because the more we allow it and we realize that this is part of the process in order to get you to the point where you are contributing to your next company. Um, that is, you know, the more we can just allow it, 
and get through it, the faster you're going back to work. I mean, that definitely happened for me and I asked to leave. <laughs> uh, but but having that conversation is, you know, I was there for a really long time, as you know, and it still felt I, I don't know. I talked to someone yesterday. She said, it feels like I'm kind of floating in a cloud like you're it's a little surreal because so much of your identity is tied to a company. So much of your life, your friends, everything that you have been doing for hours and hours of your life is just gone. It's it's I don't know. I think it's just a little jarring to your your body, your mind and everything else. So I know you have a process that you kind of walk people through. I would love for you to share how you help people move past that, because you're right. I know some people who have been let go of companies and are still holding on to it many years later that that happened to them, right? So how do you help them move past that? Yeah, so most people um, come into it with a st- and being in a state of confusion, right? They're like, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I used to know what I was doing when I was employed. I don't know what I'm doing now. I don't know how to even get started. I'm not, I I don't have any confidence in getting started. And then they're also starting to doubt themselves and say, you know, what if nobody ever wants to hire me again, which is so untrue. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, It's like, but it still goes through our head, right? It still goes through our, our psyche that maybe that last company that just let us go is the only company in the whole world that is ever going to employ us again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, really deciding that they don't know where to start. And so what we start working on first is just the um, acknowledgement that this has happened, the ownership of that this is now a fact, that there is really not a lot of value in litigating, you know, saying it shouldn't have happened or that you wish that it didn't happen, but really get to the point where you realize this is my reality. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very helpful to people to understand that um, it was always going to happen. Like they didn't think that this was where their career was going to go. But this was exactly where their career was going to go. They were going to have this period of unemployment. And they, uh, you know, so when they understand that it was a shock to them, but it's not really a shock to their career. And then Mm -hmm. understanding that most successful careers have a period of unemployment. I mean, I think that once you start talking to people and you talk to them about their story, they will tell you that they too went through a period where they uh, were without a job, without generating a W-2. So those can start as you start to really build those thoughts into your brain that this was always going to happen. It's part of a successful career. And then I also like to say, you know, this is a career challenge, right? You faced challenges in your career every single day and you overcame them. Mm-hmm. And the skill set and the mindset that you use to overcome your challenges in your job is exactly what you need to overcome this career challenge and right. be um, start to really get yourself on the right track. 
So one of the things, you know, we talked a little bit about the shame of this potentially for people, um, especially if it's your first time. I think, you know, it's just uh, unexpected for some people and they take it personally and find it really hard to kind of get back out into the world and start to look for a job and maybe don't even know where to start. So how do you help them become, I will say, more visible in the work that they need to do to figure out where they want to go and how to get out there? I think the easiest step uh, for an individual to take is to start connecting with their network and going going through the people that they know and that they have liked and that they know that those people like them in their network and having conversations really just uh, reconnecting and uh, understanding from those individuals how they see them, right? And really getting, helping them uh, talk through where they might be able to add value to another company and, and what capacities, what skill sets are going to be very valuable. And it is in these discussions that you're likely to uncover some opportunities at the companies that, that the people that you're connecting with are currently working at. So um, it, it is after you have processed it, and, and you can honestly feel, well, you can do this even when you haven't totally processed it, but it'll be much more valuable to you when you realize nothing has gone wrong in your career, that this is just the next step that you're going to take and, and you start having conversations with people. Mm-hmm. I love that you talk about, you know, having other people share with you what they see in you, because I think we all have blind spots and we don't always know what our strengths are if we aren't self-aware. And so I love that you're talking about that. What can they do to prepare for a conversation like that? What should they do? Yeah. So, you know, it is, I like to say that what we're talking about here is networking. And I like to say that networking is interviewing and interviewing is networking. And so it is about reconnecting with, with the other individual, establishing some kind of a rapport. If you already know them, you've got the history, you get to catch up with what's going on in their life. They can catch up with what's going on in your life. If you don't know them, then you can get to know them a little bit and establish that rapport. And then have the conversation about uh, really what would help you in moving forward in the, in the job search, how they possibly can help you. And I think that that is a big, uh, you know, a big issue to overcome for people because they don't want to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always say that asking for help is actually adding value to the other person. Because just think about it from your perspective. If somebody calls you and asks for your opinion, asks for some kind of, uh, you know, next steps that will really help that individual, you're happy to do it. It makes you feel good, right? Mm-hmm. There's this concept called um, the Franklin effect that, uh Benjamin Franklin coined back in the day that people don't help people that they like. They like the people that they help. And Mm -hmm. so if you are actually asking someone for help, they will 
feel so much better about themselves that it actually adds value to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've had so many people say, hey, do you know anybody at this company or uh, I'm looking for this role if you hear of anything. So I get so much that comes across my desk uh, on a regular basis. And it's it's almost kind of interesting to be an observer of that because I can tell you probably 90% of the time I will hear about a role or somebody at a company that just shows up in my world, probably because I had that conversation, but it's just, I find it fascinating to, to just see that. And it's really worked out for a lot of people that have gotten into companies just because of a conversation that they had with me. So I'm happy to do that too. I love um, connecting people and helping them find maybe ways into companies that they didn't know a person or know much about the role or how to do it. So I love that you're doing that. I love that you're doing that. listeners. Yes, exactly. Yes. Podcast listeners, listen, yes. uh, you know, you do a couple things which I think are extremely helpful to people who are just trying to figure this out. And I have recommended um, one of them for sure all the time. So you put together a listing of jobs that are open on LinkedIn or wherever your sources may be. And it's very focused on um, CPG in some ways, right? And the different types of functions. Tell me a little bit about what made you start that and how it has evolved over time and what you really hope people take away from it. So I started doing it because um, I was getting a lot of my network telling me about open positions and I would post them on LinkedIn. But if you know anything about the LinkedIn algorithm, you know, six people might see it. (laughs) So I felt like there, I wasn't really getting the visibility to coin a phrase to those opportunities. And so I started compiling them um, based on what people were sharing with me. And then I started looking at all the people that I know in my network, um, which I have cultivated over the course of uh, decades. And I found that there are a lot of open positions within my network. So I started compiling those and putting them together. Um, And I started offering to send out an email once a week to the people who were interested in that. And I use it um, not really to sell uh, my services, but really to provide value to those individuals. Not to say that you don't get a little sales pitch at the end, but um, because I do legitimately feel like I can help you uh, make a, a significant step forward in your search. But what I want people to see is the abundance of the open positions because those positions really represent, for every position that's open, there's probably seven that are unpublished. And so when you see a job on my list, and it's very typical for me to get 80 to 100 new jobs a week on that list, then you know that there is abundance of jobs out there. And, um, And then the second thing that I suggest that people do is just really look through what's being asked for on those job descriptions, on those job postings, so that they can figure out really where are the companies that need what they have to offer. And then if they find something on that list that they are really excited about, that they 
feel like they would they would um, love absolutely love to spend their time and resources at that company solving the problems that that company has that they then do apply to that job and then go through a process of of networking in. But I think really the more valuable approach is identifying um, companies that in general have the problems that you want to solve and then starting to meet people in those companies. What I like Mm -hmm. to call talking to the humans because (laughs) when you are applying online, you're talking to a machine, right? And I get a lot of people who say, I I apply to, you know, a lot of jobs and I never hear back. And when you uh, shift your focus from talking to a machine to talking to humans, it is so much more satisfying and um, it might not sound like it initially, but most of my clients report at the end that it was actually fun um, to reconnect and learn and be in a state of curiosity and contribution throughout their job search. So I, that's the reason that I send it out. I do send it out every week on Monday. I think we will uh, put the link to sign up. In, mm-hmm. um, in the show notes here. And I would, uh, would love to serve anyone who thinks that that would be valuable to them in yes, that way. I have shared it with many, many people. I don't even know how many people I've shared it with. So, uh, and I've seen the same over time. I remember, you know, your initial ones came out and I've seen it and you can see which functions, you know, grow, like marketing has grown and expanded in many ways to, compared to other parts of an organization. So you can see marketing is a big area of hiring right now. So it does give you a lot of insights and which companies are hiring and what kind of jobs. And I always try to tell people too, when I'm talking to anyone in career transition, look at those job descriptions. What excites you about those jobs? Is there something that you really want to do? It helps you start to, I guess, gain more clarity for what it is you might want to do now because you have this kind of open field of whatever you might want to do next, right? And you just don't even know what that may be. Right, and that is, you know, that's that can cause a lot of confusion, for people in their brain because they're like, oh, well, I could do this and I can do that. And I've Mm -hmm. done this in the past and I've uh, called on these kind of customers and I've had this category experience. And I really suggest that we shift as soon as we are in an active job search, we shift from the past to a future focus, right? Mm -hmm. Being in the future. It really doesn't matter what you have done in the past. It's really more about what you're going to do in the future. Mm -hmm. And when we're interviewing, we are making a lot of promises during those interview, uh, during the interview process as to what we're going to do in the future. So we want to be very clear on, this is where I uniquely add value. Um, to a company. And this is what, this is how I want to contribute to them so that they will contribute to me, which is, mm-hmm. I like to say, our jobs are a value exchange, right? I, I give you value by solving your problems and you give me a paycheck, skills, and a network, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the more that we can um really be focused on 
in the future, what are we going to do, the more valuable um, the whole search can be for us. So are there anything specifically around visibility that you try to make sure people think about during the job search, during interviews, during networking conversations that they can be, you know, maybe your top three tips, if you will, that you can help them with? Yeah, you know, uh, visibility in job search is really no different than the visibility, I think, that you talk about in your book. Mm -hmm. And um, in that there's a huge amount of imposter syndrome, right? And uh, a lot of times we just have to um, reframe where we're at and allow ourselves to, um, in order to contribute, you know, to the next company, to the next person, um, really get outside our comfort zone and find our voice, right? We have to have a voice of, of where we uniquely contribute because if we don't have that voice, no one really can hear us. And we have to, we have to resist the urge to hide and we have to resist the urge to, to hold ourselves back uh, because we're afraid of embarrassing ourselves or we're afraid that people are going to judge us. And, you know, and I like to say people, people will judge us. It's a fact of life. It happens. That's how the human brain is set up is to judge other people. Right. And, um, and so, but just because they're judging us really doesn't affect us at all. It, only if we take on that judgment of ourselves. Yeah, and there's so much judging that we already do of ourselves. <laughs> Let's not add more to it, right? <laughs> oh, I really love the approach that you take where you're trying to help them, I guess, gain perspective about that situation happening. And it is... Um, it's not defining who you are as a person. It's not defining who you are as a leader or in your career in any way. It's just a, you know, if we can use a, I don't want to minimize it in any way because it's very dramatic and, and traumatic for people, but it is one situation that has happened to you and then trying to move past that and accept it. It's like going through that whole change curve that you and I are very familiar with in organizations that that acceptance is such a big piece because once you have that, you can move to the other side and see what's possible and a new job for you or something else that might come along that you just don't even know. Yeah. I'll tell you that one of the things that people, I think, um, it is an unpopular thing initially that I tell people and that, and then eventually I think they come around to it is that really when we're in job search, we're looking for problems, right? We're looking for the problems that we can solve in the companies that are going to hire us. Mm-hmm. And, and when I say that that's unpopular, you know, usually when I start talking to someone and I say, what are you looking for? They will tell me, you know, I want a company that has a great culture and loves their employees and never, ever, ever would lay off anyone like me, right? <laughs> um, and, and I think that's great to be able to look for that in a company. But really what you want is to be able to go into a company and solve the problems that they have. That is the only reason that they really want to continue to employ you, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so looking for 
problems or challenges, however you want to frame it up, is a shift that people, uh, it, it might take them a little while to get there. Uh, for example, I had a client who, I, I get this question a lot too, which companies are the best? Which <laughs> companies do you think I should be going after, right? Mm-hmm. And I say, oh, you're a marketer? Here's a company that their entire marketing team has just left and gone on to do other things. Um, this would be a great company. And they're like, I, why would I want to work for a company where their whole marketing department just left? And I said, because apparently the people who were in those jobs did not want to solve the problems that that company had. Find out if those are the problems that you want to solve. And if they are, that's a great place for you to be, mm-hmm. right? They might have said, I don't, I, I don't like this move away from, you know, this is a dumb example, but from print to social media, right? I don't like that strategy. And so they move on to do, do all the print. If you love social media, that's the job for you, right? So mm-hmm. looking for the actual challenges that that company has and then positioning yourself to solve them. Brilliant. Uh, you know, I, I tell people that even when they are employed, um, that you need to find the gaps and opportunities and problems and be the one to kind of raise your hand and solve them because that shows initiative and it gives you opportunities for visibility if you want to take them, right? There's so many problems to solve in a company, as we know. And, it, it, and it, it's, it's very satisfying. Yeah. Right? It's very satisfying to be the one who can actually solve the problems, mm-hmm. right? We don't want to be the one that's there, like, just showing up every day and, you know, turning on the computer and doing some emails, right? And calling that yeah. our job. It's like... It's not uh, enough. No, that's not enough for the human being, right? Mm-hmm. A human being wants to contribute. They want community. And and that's what we're looking for in our next role. We want to be able to contribute in a way that's unique to us and have the and build the community that uh, that we want in our careers. And it helps to keep employees engaged, right? Because I think you, you're you not so willing to walk away from a company if you feel like you have community, if you feel like you belong, that you're making a difference and making an impact to that organization. I think that is definitely one of the things people think about before they leave. Like, oh, you may not be so great over there. If I go there, I have to start all over again, which isn't easy to do, right? So, uh, so we've gone a, a lot of different places here. Is there anything else you want to share about what you do with people that might be helpful for the listeners to hear? Yeah, so I really try to help you. Well, I do help you make a shift in three different areas. Moving from the confusion to clarity, right? Really understanding what it is that you uniquely bring to a company. Um, moving you from doubt to confidence, right? It's a, this is a very difficult, it's just a time where we doubt ourselves and we can move you mm-hmm. to confidence. And then um, moving from fear to commitment, right? When we're in fear, we just don't want to take actions. We want to hide Moving to um, commitment to actually moving your job search 
forward. And, um, you know, we do that through one-on-one coaching, through um, conversations with our network. Um, and, you know, basically I'm a big one for evaluating our own performance. This is part of your career. It's not, it's not like a, a um, you know, you're not at the rest area on the interstate. Mm-hmm. You're still on the interstate. Mm-hmm. And so I really like to challenge people to evaluate their own performance during this process so that every one of the conversations that they have, whether it's an interview or a networking conversation, that they're getting better and better and better at it. And um, that evaluation really um really facilitates that. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I think it, I'm glad you called that out because I think that is so important because people are just overwhelmed and you providing that structure, I think helps them see that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Like I can get there (laughs) and And they don't see that. Yeah, and really you just don't have to do it alone, right? Mm -hmm. Like you do feel very alone uh, for the most part because- you're not going to meetings every day and you're Mm -hmm. not getting the emails that you used to get and all of that. But I help you realize that you're not in it alone, Mm -hmm. that it's not, it's not a derailer. It's actually an opportunity for you to take your career to the next level. And, you know, we'll have some fun and some laughs in the, in the (laughs) meantime. Yes, it can be, career transition can be fun. Yes, it can be fun. I know that people are out there like rolling their eyes and going, seriously? Yeah. But it actually can be. Yeah, I I totally agree. I try to inject some humor, you know, after they've gotten through the acceptance phase, right? You have to get through that first because they're not ready for that. So I'd love to transition into what I call the rise up and be visible quick tips now and ask you the four questions that I ask every guest on the show. So the first one, visibility is? I think visibility is confidence and contribution. Really contribution is where I'd want to go with that in that uh, the more we're contributing, legitimately adding value, um, the more visible we will be. And it is when we stop contributing that our visibility goes down. So mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's contribution. Yeah, that's so true. What are some things that you have done to be visible in your career? Well, I think that the, the most visible thing that I'm doing now is LinkedIn. I have focused on LinkedIn as my one and only social media platform much to my daughter's chagrin that thinks I should be on (laughs) TikTok and Instagram. Uh, But I really feel that uh, showing up on LinkedIn is really where I can connect with the people who really need the help. And so I do post frequently on LinkedIn. I give um, tips through comments and, um, and reposts. And, you know, it's not the most comfortable thing to do, mm-hmm. even even after three years now of doing it. It's still, I, I have a look, like the tips and tricks things about, like I don't write the post and then hit submit. I write the post and I schedule it to be, you know, to mm-hmm. be posted because I find that if I'm hitting the submit, I kind of start to have 
those uh, imposter syndrome things. Am I saying <laughs> it right? Or, you know, yes. are people going to hear what I'm saying? And uh, so I do use that uh, that little trick. But I think that that's the primary way that I am uh, uh, requiring myself to be visible and, mm-hmm. and helping other people see me. Yeah, they can't work with you if they don't know what you're doing, right? So what is the best career advice that you've received along the way? I think the best career advice that I have received is to always be myself. Um, You know, a lot of times, and I think this goes back to the imposter syndrome, you know, we ask ourselves, is is our self good enough? Are we good enough? And I think I just, I posted this on LinkedIn the other day. I'm like, silly humans that we think that we can be something more than we actually are, right? It's -hmm. not to say that we can't become that in the future, but where we're at today is as good as it gets, right? Mm -hmm. And so if this is as good as it gets today, I need to show up that way and, and show people who I am realizing some people will like it and other people won't, but that's okay. It's, mm-hmm. it's all I have to offer. Now, mm-hmm. in the future, I can improve my skills a little bit, right? But Or improve myself in some way. But where I'm at today is as good as I am today. Yeah, I love that. Imagine if everybody thought that way, right? And tried to stop being everybody else, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it would be an amazing place. Okay, last question. What is a book that you would recommend to the listeners? Yeah, so I uh, teach a framework in my coaching called Self-Coaching 101, and there is a book. It's a very short 150-page book um, by Brooke Castillo uh, called Mm -hmm. Self-Coaching 101. And I really think there's a lot of mindset tools on the market, you know, the law of attraction and the power of positive thinking and You know, there's a lot of thought leaders in that area. But what I really like about Brooke Castillo's work is just how she frames it up and allows us to really have a a framework that's easy to understand and and easy to uh, to execute. And so I recommend that book to everyone. Um, again, it's Self-Coaching 101 by Brooke Castillo. Awesome. Well, we will put it in the notes for everybody to find. I am so excited to have talked to you today. I just feel like I learned so much today too, Um, even though you and I talk on a regular basis. uh, I always feel like I learned so much because, you know, we're doing similar things, but in different ways and there's different ways to do them and look at them. And I just think you always come at things from a value perspective of how can you help people and how can you add value? And, you know, that's just a really great strength of yours. So I'm thrilled to have had you on the show to share it. Yes, and thank you for the invitation and, and, uh, you know, I love your podcast. I listen to it every week. And, uh, and I'm just really glad for the work that you're putting out in the world. So we will share your links for LinkedIn and all the other information that we've talked about today uh, on the show. And thank you so much for being here. This is the Visibility Factor Podcast, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening to the Visibility Factor Podcast. Remember that visibility starts with small steps that are intentional and consistent each day. Be bold, be visible, be the leader you were meant to be. Find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. 
follow us on all of our social media platforms, which are highlighted in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Visibility Factor Podcast.